Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Appropriately known as the Chris Vaccaro Show. Uh, with me, well, I'm with him as always, hero support, Mr. Chris Vaccaro. Nando, yeah. great introduction this uh, week. A lot better than last week, but I will tell you this, my friend. Get ready for a one-hour therapy session with you playing the role as my therapist, because I need it after this past week. You, uh, you made no secret that you were a big Russell Wilson fan this year, so... And mm-hmm. every year, so I don't know. I mean, look, and we can not every there. year. No, that's not true. No, you're that's right. Not you're, right. True. That's, you're right. You're right. You're right. He was in the right place this year, um, but I don't think you were. I mean, like it's not like. Well, let me put let me put everything in perspective for everyone here today. Before the show, we jumped on our 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 G chat and uh, our Google Meet, whatever it's called, and we held up our glasses. And I'm drinking <laughs> I'm drinking whiskey that Chris gave me for my 40th birthday several years ago. Uh, that I held on to, and I hug every night just to remember our friendship. Chris held up a ratty Dunkin' Donuts cup that I don't even think is the original stuff you got from Dunkin' Donuts. It looks like you just saved the cup and poured espresso <laughs> in there. <laughs> Actually, no, that's a that's a real deal cup. What did you? What is it? That's is it du- double cup. espresso? Or are you going to give me double espresso? Just, you want to know? You want to know why I have this coffee in my hand? Because I just finished doing four straight hours of setting up waivers for all my fantasy teams. Well, nobody and- told you to participate in eighty-two leagues. No, I'm. I'm just saying. I'm a little, little tired because of uh, going through that. You stare at those names, and you get a little depressed when you go in these leagues and you see your teams not living up to the standards that you hold for them. Um, it was a rough week six, Nando. Nobody cares about my fantasy team. The listeners don't. I know that. That's Radio One Hundred and One. Have they told you that? Podcast One Hundred and One. No, it isn't because, you know, I, when I hear other people talking about their fantasy teams, I'm like, nobody cares. So I know nobody cares. But uh, here's the point. For the listeners listening to the show, maybe you're dealing with the type of season I'm dealing with. Maybe you're going through the struggles that I'm going through. We're here to help you uh, hopefully turn this around, and we got to turn this around together. It's just uh, it's a weekly battle. I'm not saying that I don't have some, like, great teams because I do. It's just overall it's – been a very frustrating year and I feel like we come in here every week now and we say the same thing so I'm going to assume that most of our listeners are dealing with the same struggles you know that that we are you know uh, I am let me, let me I don't know you. if you are Nando I don't know if your teams are struggling or not my teams are in a weird spot right like I think they're basically all 500 or above but I'd say uh-huh. that they're more leaning toward three and three than four and two but I think if you added them all up, I'd be a little a couple wins over 500. I'm happy with them though; like they're they're in a good spot, and I'm losing bad games, and I'm still like top four to six in points in all my leagues. So, okay, you know, I hear you. Um, let me ask you: those mm-hmm. teams that you're doing well, and I like I know you. I've drafted with you in leagues before, and you are stubborn. And every team is like a carbon copy of every team when we do it. Um, mm-hmm. 
very, very many Mets in our baseball teams. What what did you do differently? Like with the ones that are doing well, like did you still keep the same like five core and branch out to like some other random dudes, or were you like I'm just going to take a totally different tack on this team and it's going to be a different look and a different strategy, and no two players are going to be the same on this team next to another team? That's that's a good question, Nando. Um, the teams that are doing well are the teams that um, I went first round wide receiver on. You know, my Justin Jefferson teams, my Cooper Cup teams, um, both with a combination of Nick Chubb in the fourth round. Those are the teams that are doing well. Uh, those are the teams that, uh, you know, a couple of them had Hollywood Brown on. That's, you know, a big hit this past week. Now I got to figure out what I'm doing there. But they all have a couple bombs on it, you know. Each team that I have, it's just when you when you swing and miss so much on certain plays and you go in on, you know, your hey, fifth round, if Elijah Moore is there, boom, that's my pick. If fourth round is there, Jerry Judy's there, boom, that's my pick. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of constants on my teams throughout my, ro- my rosters, and I didn't maybe diversify as much as I have in the past. I thought the player pool this year, I was in on um, just a small handful of guys in each round. So, um, but it's worked. I mean, you're one of the best fantasy football players in the world. Uh, I think. No, I think that's true. Look, I mean, like I can say a lot of bad things about you, but that's a compliment that I think holds true objectively. Like you've, you're in the hall of fame. You're in a hall of fame, and you're barely forty. You know what I mean? I don't know how many. Are you in any Staten Island Hall of Fames? No. Christmas Bar Christmas Bar Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's that's yeah. maybe it. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, listen, but, but no, you all are, that like, aside, listen, all that aside, Nando, it's it, it's a it's a year to year game. Okay, that's how you judged in this industry. And this year just is looking like a down year. And I have, like I said, the jo- the teams that I was smart enough to take Josh Allen in the third or fourth round. Those teams, I wish I could go back and do that again. You know, it's just different combinations. I got to work my way out of it. I have a lot of teams that are in the middle of the pack, but enough about me. It's, well, it's... I also, I want to, I want to ask a follow-up question mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. Yeah. Because so someone like you, I know obsesses, obsesses over waiver. Like, like you just said, you spent four hours doing waiver wire mm-hmm. like that. A lot of people don't do that. And I don't think this is just like, I think a normal person who had as many teams as you have would have spent an hour and a half doing it. And I like I know you. I like I know there are sheets of paper with writing scribbled all over it, like next to you, curled up. Um, mm-hmm. This is where I mean the bye weeks, and where this is a great segue to the bye week Armageddon yeah. that you put in. Like these bye weeks are where you win and lose. Like depending on who you drop, and do you regret that two weeks because you dropped the wrong guy? Who you picked right. up, and did you pass on like? Well, I guess Deion Jackson's a bad example, but like, did you pass on Ken Walker last week if he was available in your league to get someone else? Or just like to hold waiver wire position while someone else like at the five waiver wire position scooped up Ken mm-hmm. Walker. Um, you know what I mean? Like I think there's a lot of that that comes up in the next few weeks, up until Thanksgiving, really, where you can yes. really like you you can turn you can turn a four and three or a three and three team into like an eight and three team with the right moves and barely winning and just coming in as like a two seat all of a sudden. Well, this is uh, it's a good point and it's one of those situations right now i think you're if you're a middle of the pack type of team if you're three and three right now middle of the pack in points these are the money weeks right here you have to pretty much survive these weeks you know this is when if you have two bad weeks and you maybe don't make the right pickups or you just uh you know you 
your team underperforms, you have your studs out, like most people are going to have in these next couple of weeks, you go from, you know, three and three to three and five real quick. And your points, you're in the bottom half of the league and things could fall apart quick because there's a, one or two teams that are running away in every league right now, points wise. So these are the money weeks. And I, I you know, I'm, I'm grinding waivers as hard as I am this week and, and every week, but this week more, because I don't know if you come across this Nando, but this is a week I have a lot of kickers to replace the Buffalo kicker, the, the, um, you know, the Vikings kicker. And it's like the Buffalo defense so when you cut into these situations, okay, and as well as, you know, the Justin Jeffersons, the Cooper Cup, this is crazy this week. You know, think about it. You have Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, right. and Stefan Diggs right. all out. Those are the three biggest fantasy wide receivers. We just came off of a week where the scoring was so disgustingly low. Teams aren't performing. You get It's tough enough to, to roster a good starting lineup, put it out there, make it even look good to you on paper, and say, all right, this looks like a 130, 140-point type of team or week, only to be disappointed and get a 105 or a 110, which is what we're seeing in a lot of these high-stakes leagues. Now you come into this week seven off of a bad week six week of low scores, and you got to take these studs out of your lineup. These are your these are your building blocks of your fantasy team every week. You know, we talk about it every week, Nando, about how there are – only a small handful of studs in fantasy football right now, you know? And I just mentioned the three biggest ones, pretty much, of Cup, Jefferson, and Diggs. Add in your Gabe Davises. Add in the fact that Josh Allen, the top fantasy quarterback, is out. So you take all these players off of each, you know, team, and, you know, you're going to down your roster. You're going to your bench. And when you get to your bench, it's like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Put in this five-point-a-week wide receiver? So you got to grind waivers, and you got to make some really tough calls. That's, you know, where I'm trying to get at with this point is you have to make some really tough decisions because even in 20-man leagues in high stakes, I'm having a tough time figuring out who I'm going to drop. I don't want to drop the Bills defense. I can't, you know, I can't. So now I have to go drop someone else. And you might say, well, come on. I know you probably have somebody that you can drop, you know. But guess what, Nando? I'm telling you, and it's not just me. I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of our listeners at the high stakes level uh, are are going to agree with me. You can't drop a running back right now off your roster. Right. Just say you're having six or seven backs. Right. I'm telling you, you just can't, you know. <laughs> It's you look at the waiver wire at the high stakes level, there is nothing there at the running back, so you can't afford to drop that. Okay, you're not dropping your quarterback or your backup quarterback because there's garbage on the wire. And receivers, if you're trying to replace them, you're going to your bench, it's just a disaster. There's nothing available on the wire to even drop a halfway decent player that you have rostered. So it's you know, it's just really tough. So it's a mixture of working the wire, trying to pick up a couple pieces to help you going forward all while trying to figure out who not to drop that's going to backfire on you. Um, are you fine? Hope that made sense. Well, yeah, you basically just took 10 minutes to say what I had asked you. But <laughs> <laughs> when you talk about the, the running backs and the importance of running backs, and by the way, I'm sorry, yeah. uh, if you can hear my laundry machine running in the background. Yeah, what's crazy? Yeah, yeah, so you, you know some, what it is? I was, gonna it's, I was just going to text you, like, it's whatever locked. you're doing you know what over it's, there. It's, I can't stop it. It's locked. You know what I mean? You know, and it's like, oh, let me just open up the hood and stop it. 
But you know what I think it is? Uh, I believe our editor uh, is it the Welsh. I think he can take out when you're talking and like my part, he can take the volume out because uh, we're sending in two separate tracks. We're so. putting, we're putting, is it the Welsh to the, uh, the test, huh? I'll, I'll shoot him a note about it, but oh, Hey, listen, let's not get hung up. I thought you it. were just fiddling. I thought you were just fiddling with like your microphone or something over there. And I was going to say, Hey, whatever you're doing, no, you know, I didn't get t- it it, together over there. I threw it in like 40 minutes ago. I'm like, Oh, 40, you know, that's how long a washing machine takes. But apparently we have, I don't know. I've never timed my washing machine, I guess. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it should be done soon. If the lid is locked, that means it's in spin cycle, so we're good. It's nice that the listeners know that you do laundry while uh, we're doing the show. I'm going to leave it in overnight. You're probably over there, like, folding, like, the second half of the show. You're probably over there, like, folding your clothes <laughs> and stuff yeah. like that. I set a five-minute yes, timer when I, when I ask you a question. I'm like, all right, five minutes. Yeah. I can do whatever I want. That's what it, yeah. <laughs> Let me throw him a question. He's going to talk the next five minutes. Let me fold <laughs> these socks. <laughs> so, Chris, who do you like at running back? All right, good. Uh, uh, oh, the point. Okay, so here's the point. Yeah. Now that you're picking guys up and you don't want to lose running backs, are are you like, uh, and I, like Allen Robbins is a bad example because I think people are going to scoop him back up or didn't let him go. But are you taking away Oof. like some of these guys who have a cap, you know, of like four for fifty five, but might have one big game here or there, and bringing in like Matt Breda? Like, how deep are you going in terms of just grabbing like like a handcuff for your Saquon Barkley? I hate. I don't want to bring up Matt Breda every single week, but I'm just trying oh to. Oh my god! I was just gonna say, how many times in a week? How many weeks in a row are you gonna bring right, well, up like Matt D- Breda DJ, and the Giants? DJ Dallas. Here we go. DJ Dallas. Mm-hmm. He's a fringe guy who's definitely the direct backup to Ken Walker, right? Or right. Uh, man, I don't even know. Like Melvin Gordon, Mike Boone. That's a weird situation. But I'm trying to think of the situation where, and the question is, I guess it can be vaguer in that: Are you dropping a random dude who is just frustrating week in and week out, but has that potential at wide receiver? Um, for a running back who's a handcuff now, strategically speaking, are, do you just want to be sitting there handcuff. with that with that backup no, who can take I, over? No, I'm not just picking up random hand. I, I need guys that can help me out in my my lineups this week, Nando. Right. So you're you're talking about like picking up a Brita. Well, no, you're not. If you're Dallas saying if you're saying you've got six or seven first, running backs on your bench, then you're not thinking. First about off, this I would I would look at a Brita and a DJ Dallas differently. Like DJ Dallas was like one of the top ads last week in the high stakes market. That's somebody that we look at um, as somebody that could be a flex play for us in these bye weeks. Maybe. Now I didn't like the, what I saw out of uh, his usage this past week. DJ's Alice, you know, but that was before we went in and picked him up thinking, all right, wait, now he's the number two running back in a nice Seattle offense. He could be this, you know, third down back um, and and chip in, uh, give us eight to 10 fantasy points. That's what we're like trying to go into the waiver wire and get. That's how desperate it is, you know, and you get re- rewarded with a, you know, a one point game from him and it doesn't look like he's playable, but he's still a stash. He's not somebody you're even dropping. Right, but who, I mean, are you dropping like a Josh Reynolds for him in his body? Like, who's, who's, where, all I want to know is how high of a wide receiver are you dropping to take a shot on, like, you know, in a CBS league, I would assume DJ Jalis is like 13% owned. Are you dropping like a guy who's 50% owned for a 13% owned backup, you know, for that reason? That's, that's what I want. Uh, no. I'll give you the simple answer. I don't want to go down the rabbit hole because I don't understand the question. All right, fine. Too never much. Mind. All right, never mind then. You got to give names. You brought I mean, it up. That, All right, fine. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. All right, so uh, where are you on Kyron Williams? How about that? Yeah, like that's somebody that, you know, you're going in and, and planning ahead. Like he's not going to help you, obviously, this week with a bye week, but that's somebody that is was picked up last week 
okay? After the Acres news broke on the weekends, that was a big um, ad. And then you're going to see whatever leagues he's left over in this week, people go in and get him because they're trying to plan ahead. That's what we're trying to do at the running back position. Running back is such a, you know, a garbage position again this year that you're just looking to try and predict the future of, hey, maybe come week nine or 10, they turn this backfield over to him. They, you know, Henderson isn't wowing still. Acres looks like he's going to get his Acres gone. I'm assuming Acres gone. Yeah, Acres is gone. Yeah, he, he looks like his bags are packed. Yeah. And, and then, you know, you got Ronnie Rivers and, and these other guys, but none of them are jumping off the page here. Malcolm Brown, you know. So we're all just looking to try and take shots on, on guys here. You know, another running back like this week is going to be the biggest ad, and he's probably going to get some pretty decent bids is Kenyon Drake, you know? And and for that matter, if Gus Edwards is somehow available in your competitive league, he's going to be a big ad because of the J.K. Dobbins issue now, you know, hurting his uh, knee again. Right. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen. Drake came in and actually looked good the other day. So here we are again. Uh, People, uh, you throw a running back out there that's going to get guaranteed touches and... We in the high stakes market are gonna throw buku bucks at them. So, are you popping like a? Oh, that's uh, my pen, actually. Yeah, it's it it uh, yeah, it a, a symphony of sounds. This are you is my... just trying? To, are you just trying this episode to be as annoying as possible? Now, um, this is my. What it is? Or, this is my uh, yeah. my multicolored pen, and I'm taking notes. So, is it the Welsh will have something to write, so he doesn't have to listen to it and write his own rundown? I mean, do the listeners have to listen to everything? That, yeah, uh, it's, you it's, write down it's, and... it's like old time radio. Like, yeah. oh no, Speaking here comes Alan the old Robinson. man walking down the hall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a class. Speaking of. A sound of. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You brought up Alan Robinson, and isn't that crazy? Doesn't that just sum up week six this past week about how not only did he score, he had a pretty decent game and showed signs of life with a five for 63 and a touchdown. 17 points. Uh, he's sitting wherever I own him. He was sitting on my bench on all of them because I didn't have the you-know-what to even think about starting him. And then he goes and delivers a 17-point game. And on top of Allen Robinson scoring, Kyle Pitts scored in the same week. So uh, I don't know if week six was just Bizarro World week where uh, people, uh, you know, like the Undertaker gif where, you know, he just starts getting up, uh, waking up from the dead. But there was just so many, so many weird, weird, you know, player performances and games and and everything this past week. But hey, this is the this is this is where we're at right now in fantasy football through six weeks. It's a weekly scratching your head. I, I mean, I felt like this week made the all right. If you're if you're telling this story as you know, week one, two, three, four, five, six. Yes, mm-hmm. it was a bizarro week. But if you're yeah. telling the story as week six versus what we anticipated in the middle of August, it was actually kind of normal. Outside of Russell Wilson, 
I mean, like, just what you said, like, Allen Robinson had the game he was supposed to have. Kyle Pitts had a touchdown. Like, a lot of the stuff that, you know, Melvin Gordon was being pushed out by the running back he shares the backfield with. All this stuff is what we're saying. We're, I mean, not exactly the same. You know, it was supposed to be Javante Williams who was pushing Gordon out, not Boone. But, I mean, like, a lot of what we expected to happen. Isaiah Pacheco looked good and had some carries. You know, like, there were things that happened that we were like, this is what the season's going to look like. That actually happened in week six. And I think it make people feel pretty good about it. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Uh, tell me about that's what you thought about the Packers-Jets game? Well, I didn't say everything, man. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, yeah, as, as, as the a Giants beating the Ravens, the you know the this it's the, the Steelers beating the Buccaneers. Tell you what, you know uh, what? The Jets, Brady, Zach Wilson, Brady struggling. Hold on, Brady struggling. Yeah, because he's forty five. Yes. So you expected, so you expected that coming into the week, not before the season. We're not talking about. I'm talking. Before, well, I'm talking about June. before the season. I mean, what does that matter? This is a week-to-week league, so what does it matter what we thought in, in June? Because if you held you on know, to these guys, you you're like, the finally, Bay, I'm right. You know, these things are coming to fruition now. Finally, Allen Robinson has righted the ship, which I thought was going to happen six weeks ago, and now we have, like, another seven weeks in the fantasy season, and maybe this will be him the rest of the way. Okay. That's all. What were you going to say? Okay. I mean, I couldn't disagree with you more. If, you, if you're talking about from... You know, the summer, that's one thing. But nobody cares about what we were thinking in the summer. We're, we're going into this past week. We, here's what we thought. You know, like looking at these games, did you picture the Seattle-Arizona game with two defenses that are struggling and uh, a Seattle offense for the final to be 19-9? to You know, did we expect the Steelers, uh, the, the Buccaneers offense, Brady to throw one touchdown? What was he, 240 yards versus a, a complete backup secondary of the Steelers. I mean, there's just a lot of head-scratching performances on a weekly basis. That's really all I can say, you know? All right, well... The Bills Chiefs. I agree, I I agree, but I'm saying, like, some stuff that happened this week hmm. was stuff that we were predicting was going to happen before the season started. That's all. Okay. Some of it. More so than any other week so far, I think. Uh, listen, it was nice to see Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase get back on the same page. That's one thing that I, I was definitely happy to see, as well as Michael Pittman uh, for the Colts. Those three guys, um, you know, I'm heavily owned uh, on those three guys, and they put up monster weeks. Those were like my three bright spots. So it was nice to see those guys have the game that I thought they would have coming into this week. Other than that, I honestly, Nando, I can't say... I agree with you much uh, with what I expected in week six. Oh, totally. my God. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. I'm pouring water into oh another cup. Oh, my God. <laughs> that... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Listeners are going to have a ball with you on this. One. I know. Uh, hey, let me – Justin Fields. Um, I want to bring him up, and I know it's you know no segue oh whatsoever gosh. here. But, but uh, look – seems like and there was one specific play that I read about I wasn't watching the game I know, I'm just kidding I watched it now there's one specific play uh, toward the end where he made that that long run and he was like it almost seemed like it freed him to be Justin Fields whereas you know the coaches haven't been letting him throw a lot he hasn't been throwing a lot of passes um, but it seemed like this is the game where he kind of like took a huge step toward what he could be you know let this guy throw Oh 28 passes God. a game. Is this a jo- Wait, time out. What? I got to stop you right there. Yeah. Before I, I don't know if we can edit this, but are you serious? Yeah, you don't think so? Oh, my God. It, he should be benched. 
He took no. a step forward. Yeah, what you don't are you think talking so? about? I mean, they let him throw some passes. Worst, it was his worst. It was his worst game of the He's year. He's connecting with Dante Pettis, on, maybe on paper. Oh, I don't know. Maybe God. you don't watch the games. But oh what I saw God. was a Justin no, Fields. No, I watched every single play of that game. He was getting laughed off of Twitter. Did you see the? Oh the, my! Oh, here we go. Did again. you see the the little? What are they saying on TikTok? The, what are they saying on your TikTok? Nando, come on, Nando, come on. Now I just think you're just trolling me and the listeners by saying this. <laughs> I'm honestly. telling you, man. <laughs> I honestly think you think that Justin Fields looks like he's turning the corner and he's going to be playable. What? Oh, what? What is the point of this topic? Yeah, you I'm think asking, he's startable? Yeah. Actually, okay, all right, craziness. If you He's run like, for seventy yards a game, that's one hundred and seventy-five passing yards in terms of scoring. And and can he? He's not even allowed to throw. That's what I'm saying. They let him throw twenty-seven times. It was a season high by like thirty percent. Right. All right, listen. Let's agree to disagree on this. Justin Fields is god awful. He's terrible right now. If he didn't break off a couple of those runs, but he did. He's a ten point. But he did he's a ten point or less quarterback. He got eight right, points. On, he got Jones eight points or, on rushing yards alone. Daniel Jones or Justin Fields, rest of the season. Who would you rather have? Well, that's different because Wandale Robinson. You know how I feel about him, so that's a loaded question. Pick another guy. Uh, PJ Walker. Tell you, oh, all right, that's fine. No, okay, that's a joke. No. That's how about uh, was, Aaron Rodgers? That was a joke. I take Justin Fields over Aaron Rodgers. Mm, no, and Aaron Rodgers is playing terrible. Yeah, um, and. And you still would never take Justin Fields over Aaron Rodgers. I would do it. Let's just. Let, I mean, I wish I had. This isn't gonna help. This isn't gonna help anybody, Nando. Just so you know, nobody's playing. Justin I think Fields. it is gonna help people. He's actually, Aaron Rodgers. He's actually available in every and talk about in in high stakes leagues. He's actually like sitting on the waiver wire in high stakes leagues on almost all my leagues. That's how unwanted he is. But if you. Justin Fields is your guy that you're going to latch on to and you think he's going to turn it around after watching six weeks of pain and the Bears offense and how bad of a quarterback he is. He's one of the worst two or three starting quarterbacks in the NFL, hands down, okay, hands down. And he's got no talent around him. And if you start him, if you're desperate enough and bad enough to start Justin Fields, Nando, you need to pray that he runs for 80 yards because that's it. He's not getting you anywhere more than 175 passing. Probably throws a couple picks or two, and it's just a disaster. But the Bears are just one of these offenses, just like many other that we watch on a week-in, week-out basis, that are just god-awful, and you want no pieces of this offense. We're just seeing it more and more. And and you know what? As, as bad as Justin Fields is, I'll give you somebody that actually I'm really down on going forward that's always my guy, usually. Or, you know, Kyler Murray. Without Hollywood Brown now in, in this offense, after seeing him, it, it this is – I don't even know what to do with Kyler Murray going forward. And I know that this whole Arizona offense is – you know, it's a joke every week. Everybody's laughing about them and how bad Kingsbury is as a play caller and how they just, you know, it's like a drawer it up in the sand type of offense. But – Murray is a disaster. He really is. And speaking of Kyler Murray, he ran for 100 yards, which finally, after all these all this time of not running, okay, he finally gets it done on the ground and not through the air. But what is this Arizona offense going to look like going forward now? I was excited for six weeks holding on with Murray, you know, to say, oh, my God, 
you know, Hopkins is going to come back in this offense and this is going to save Murray and take this offense over the top, make Murray a, a top six fantasy quarterback. And, and now what happens as soon as Hopkins is about to return, they go and lose their real number one wide receiver in Hollywood Brown. So, uh, arrows pointing down on this Arizona offense even more than it was last week. I uh, I don't think it's a really hot take to say that Kyler Murray, you're down on him. Mm, okay. I, I don't know. I, I, I think, but it's okay. So where is he now? Is he below Aaron Rodgers for you? He's not below Aaron Rodgers. No. Is he no longer? I mean, then there's nothing you can really do about it. If you have him as your quarterback. There isn't. Uh, there yeah. isn't. And that's, you're not you know, that's one him. of the topics. <laughs> I think that's one of the things is there's so little talent in fantasy. I, I don't know if this is going to make sense to you, but it, it you know, I, well, you've been drinking a lot of espresso. I know. It, there's so little talent right now on a weekly basis in fantasy, especially at the quarterback position. It's like if you have a bomb, like if you don't have one of the big five stud quarterbacks, you just have to sit and eat it. You know, you like I went to the waiver wire in a home league and got Geno Smith last week, Nando. I never thought I would do that in my life, but I did. And you laugh at me about they, Justin Fields. Remember yeah. that. Okay, but Geno Smith has been producing for the first five weeks, right? So it's nothing like the Justin Fields. Well, he's thing. 10 years older than so, Justin Fields. Oh, my God. So He doesn't have Geno any Harry. So what happens? Geno Smith, I go pick him up, and I put him in my lineup, and he gives me 12 points yeah, it wasn't in a, a golden week. matchup. It wasn't a great week for Geno so Smith. It's uh, yeah, stocked down on all your, uh, your cards. So they're back to under ten cents each. I can now. check it again if you want me to Probably. stop the show in its track, so I can Google something. No, yeah. no, you're 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 stopping it enough. I don't think Justin it. Fields with your Justin Fields takes and your uh, your random. Do you on. drop this fifteen percent running back for a fifty percent receiver? No, I asked if you drop the fifty percent receiver for the thirteen percent running back. <laughs> That's a totally different question. Okay, all right, uh, get back. Get back on the uh, on, on the Vaccaro texts. No, I know, but, I know. Let me, yeah, give it, let me pull get this back up on the topics instead of your Geno Smith uh, weekly card update. You you actually just did that. I didn't even mention his name because I don't like to take victory laps. Me, let me take a sip of espresso. This is the rest of this show. I know I'm going to need espresso for you. Let me ask you so. something. A, you're in rare form tonight, but huh? <laughs> how are you Italian? Oh, you call it espresso. B, <laughs> how how much of that cup is actually espresso? Like to, just one shot. Oh, that's, that's nothing, man. How have you not drank that yet? It's been a half hour. I know. It's cold. That's weird. I hate cold. I'm also I surprised know. you don't have an espresso machine at home. I do. Like a little like a little mocha pot. I do. I do have an espresso machine at home. Like do you have an espresso or do you actually have like a stovetop old-fashioned little mocha? No. An espresso. Okay. Come on. Let's get back on. <laughs> Is it a Nespresso or a Nespresso? Whatever the hell you want to call it. <laughs> Does the bar serve espresso? Jesus. That's a, uh, last question, that. last question. Does the bar serve espresso? No. We're a bar. Yeah, but you're also a restaurant. No. You got a lot of people coming over for lunch. Seems like you have some mm. lunch and then have a nice little espresso to warm your belly and face uh, the rest of the we day. Have, <laughs> we have coffee. We have a coffee machine. We don't do espresso. Uh, that's too bad. There Maybe go. go around. There's a place next door. I'm glad the, I'm glad the listener, Timmy in Idaho, uh, just got that information. Uh, so there you go. Can you, you do you notice how espresso tastes different when you go to small coffee shops rather than like a bigger Italian one? Like some of them have a fruity taste to it. I can't stand it. Anyway, let's go down this Christopher Carroll rundown. How are the Jets and Giants winning every week? Look at their offenses. Let's get into that. 
<laughs> Actually, you know what? All Zach Wilson does is pass to Corey Davis. I don't understand. Everyone in the world should be starting Corey Davis every single week because all Zach Wilson's going to do is oh. pass to him over and over and over again. And isn't that isn't that something that everybody thought it would be Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson as the top two? Nobody Corey Davis didn't even get drafted in twenty round fantasy drafts. Pretty much, yeah. He was like a nineteenth or twentieth rounder. The guy was like, "All right, twentieth round, give me my seventh receiver. Right, I'm gonna drop him probably first. And now Corey Davis is like the go to guy uh, for Zach Wilson. Listen, man, I don't I don't know what the hell is going on with the Jets. This is bizarro world it, it's you know I, I said it earlier the elijah moore it was <laughs> each week i you go back to him i didn't go back to him this week luckily for his zero target zero yard game i was gonna how many how many russell wilson elijah moore teams do you have uh a lot not as, not as much russell wilson as you think honestly no. man, though i mean that quarterback really isn't my problem this year because i have like i said you got a lot of lamar I, my, I have a lot of Lamar. I have a decent amount of Josh Allen. We don't Lamar slumping right now, that, too, man. Like Lamar, hey, you know what, Nando? You're right. It's it, you know, I, I I know I talk about Lamar like he's this god and everything, but this is three weeks in a row now of uh I think the number in NFFC scoring has been like twenty two, sixteen, and nineteen or twenty one. Like nothing that has been great. It's just we are Stuck on the first three weeks of the season when he dropped a 29-52 and a 50. Yeah. So we were like, oh, my God, we have the king of kings with Josh Allen. But these last three weeks have not been good. I don't know if it's the fact that, you know, Bateman hasn't been around. and There's just not enough talent in this offense for Baltimore. But, you know, he, he's still running. Um, I, I just think that. Maybe as a Lamar Jackson owner, I don't feel as worried about him. I, I still think he'll be fine. You know, they went out and signed Deshaun Jackson today. Um, I can't believe I mean, I'm like, come on, man. Deep threat. 35 years old, Deshaun Jackson. Still in the league. I don't know what it is, Don. But you know well, what you it know, is? Rashad I, Bateman, I guess like, maybe Rashad Bateman's actually very hurt. You know, that's like, you don't bring in. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why they're saying like, oh, you know, Harbaugh is the worst with his whole – yeah, he's getting real close. Right, like you right. know, the guy could be eight weeks away still, and he's going to be saying that. So I hope that once they start practicing tomorrow, that Bateman is back, or at least the the reports are, because I really can't afford to lose Bateman for another week. I, I would love to get him back in my lineups, and I would love to help Lamar out more. Um, you know, I, I think that is something that's definitely hurting him, Jackson, but. Um, you know, I think it's just because of how bad the quarterback position is in fantasy that if you are the Lamar Jackson owner, even though he's given you these three weeks that haven't been spectacular, he's still probably been top 12 quarterback because that's how bad the quarterback position is. And you're just grateful that you don't have a Russell Wilson or uh, any of these other bums every week. Um, is it is it like owning Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts? No. But... You know better days are ahead. You know the Lamar Jackson 30-plus games are going to be on the horizon again. It's just this has been a couple. And when you watch the Ravens, like I do every week for Lamar, it's it's there should be more points, you know? The Drake, you know, Drake gets uh, the running touchdown. That's the frustrating thing with the Ravens, you know? It, it's As a Lamar owner, you're hoping with your quarterback that he – 
instead of running two in with a running back that you're, you're passing it in. So it's a fine line between a 30-something point game or a low 20s point game as a quarterback. You know, your receiver gets tackled down at the one and then the running back runs it in. At the end of the day, that's an extra six or seven points that would have been. So to, Lamar's not failing the eye test for me right now. I'm fine with Lamar. It's just other positions and other players, such as your Jets that we were t- talking on and an Elijah Moore that is just, you know, unplayable. But this whole offense in New York now is just, it's Brees Hall. It's the Brees Hall show from here on out, Nando. You know, we said it last week. He's an RB1 the rest of the season. And they're finding creative ways to give him the ball, catching the ball out of the backfield. I love that counter that they ran that he scored on. That was an unbelievable, that was a really cool play. Um, you didn't see it because you were, was it apple picking uh, this week? You know, or, you can't go back to that well over and over. At least I'm no, original I can. every week. I can. At least I'm original guy. Yeah, you're right. I, I'll, I'll find something new. But Actually, uh, we are going on Friday, though. <laughs> but like for the first time you know what i mean like it's not no you nah. you went two weeks ago two weeks oh, we haven't ago. no actually we haven't it was you like know pumpkin farm you know what's sad is we missed apple. out we missed out on all the good stuff you know what i mean like this late you're there's really like golden delicious i think okay. as you, you went, are you a red apple or a green apple guy? chris can we get back on track please i'm just answering i'm red i mean just i'm just asking come on man red or green everyone's red Nah, not I like mean, the super red. You know what I mean? Apple. Like the, you know. No. I'll go green apple over the red apple. By the way, since you've opened up this uh, mm. box, so I, I put on Hulu to watch uh, football the other day. And <laughs> <laughs> the guy who makes Rick and Morty, Justin Roiland, the other guy who makes Rick and Morty, the half of it, has a Halloween special. And I'm like, this looks good. And it is the most bizarre amazing thing i've ever seen and i've already forgot there's like what are we talking what are we talking about right it's now? called like mr poloni it's a it's a cartoon halloween special all right so anyway the chargers and the broncos game last night ugly, Nando, man. Ugly. was ugly. absolute trash let me fill you in for when you were watching cartoons or whatever nate and morty or whatever the hell you don't pretend saying. like you don't know what rick and morty is please uh, okay. please tell me you know what rick and no. morty is i don't who's rick and morty i have no clue what you're even talking i'm about. gonna put that in the run so, if carol doesn't know what rick and morty is yeah okay so, no, I don't know who Rick and Morty is, whatever their names are. But uh, another crap primetime game and this Bronco offense. Let's see what's going to happen now with this Russell Wilson injury. I don't even know if it's good or bad. I heard about the injury today with this hamstring that – Yeah, Brett Rippin. You know, they, that's what you want. Although maybe, I, this, maybe, you know, maybe a more traditional quarterback will be like, yeah, I'm going to start chucking it to Cortland Sutton, you know, 11 times, 13 times a game. Hmm. Maybe the locker hey. room likes him better. Hey, you know what? As a big-time Cortland Sutton owner um, and someone who went to bed crying last night with his three-point performance, um, you know what? Sometimes the backup quarterback comes in and he focuses on in on the main target, uh, on the top target. So maybe he comes in and feeds Sutton 15 times a game. You think I asked? Cor- but I can't. I, I really honestly can't, you know, knock uh, Wilson. Because Sutton's had a, a, a good five weeks, first five weeks of the season. Last week, uh, this Last game was was terrible, but Russell Wilson legit threw for 15 passing yards in the second half and in overtime, which is a mind-boggling stat. But if you watch the game, it was crazy because it just seemed like the Chargers had the ball for, you know, like every minute except for like three minutes that the Broncos had it. So 
it was an ugly game. This Denver offense is shot. Uh, the the word now is that Wilson won't miss much time, if at any at all. Uh, I was unfazed when I even heard that because I don't even know what to what I want as a Russell Wilson, as a Portland Sutton and Jerry Judy owner right now. I don't even know if Wilson's the problem, if it's the offense that's the problem. It's just it's just another offense that's a complete dumpster fire. And you, if you avoided this offense and the pieces in it, then you dodged a bullet and you're looking at people with the Sutton Judys and, and Russell Wilsons and, and everyone else on this team and, and just thanking God that you avoided this, you know, mess. Well, I went over this with uh, with Corey Parson on our uh, on our other mm-hmm. show, on the Better Sports Network. Um, okay. it, like, we went through that coaching staff. And if you, like, Nathaniel Hackett, well, first of all, the question I asked him was, is Nathaniel Hackett going to be the coach of this team in November? Um and he, he thought so. He thought he'd make the whole season. And yeah. if you look at, if they fire Nathaniel Hackett, like, mm-hmm. who te- like his offensive coordinator is a dude who has barely any experience. First-time offensive coordinator. He knew him from Syracuse. You know? Right. Defensive coordinator actually has a little more. I think he has 15 years of experience. Was never. I don't think he was ever a defensive coordinator, but has a good, has a good track record. Worked with the secondaries in, uh, for Los Angeles. He was a secondary coach for Los Angeles, for the Rams. Um, and kind of like, you know, built up Jalen Ramsey. Um, but like Dom, he's got Dom Capers as like a special defensive assistant floating around in there. So I guess if you fire Nathaniel Hackett right now, it's not going to happen. Either Dom Capers or like John Elway becomes the head. You know what I mean? Like, why? <laughs> uh, you can't, I mean, you've invested that much money in Russell Wilson and he's garbage. Dude, uh, just tell me this. I don't, I don't want to go down the, the, the coaching tree and everything, but uh, what was, what did Hackett sign for? How many years? Uh, let's say four. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Why would I know Have how long Nathaniel seen... Hackett is signed for? Well, you're the one that said that uh, with Corey, you were going over the coaching and the coaching, yeah, the coaching staff. That, we didn't get into the contract. That's... Okay, well, when was the last time you saw a coach, a first-year coach, get canned in the first couple of months? No, you haven't. But no, you have, when have you seen it's the, not going to happen. When have you seen Everybody's calling for Hackett. No, I understand. But no coach is going to get fired as soon as he signed, and, and the franchise is going to eat. And I and I know it's the the Waltons, and they got all the money in the world. Carolina's eating; it's like sixty million of Matt Rule money, maybe forty million. I know, but Matt 40. Rule got fired in his third year. Did you see Matt Rule get canned in his first? Matt year? Rule was a head, in? a successful head coach no. at Baylor and Temple before this. But is Baylor and Temple? See, this is another problem in the NFL. Everybody takes these college coaches, as well as let me lump in college coaches, as well as co- as the college quarterbacks that are in gimmick offenses. Okay, and like Matt rules over there in Baylor, they're they're scoring 80 points a game. They're playing games in the Big Ten, 70 to 66. And everybody just thinks he's a genius. It's, you know, the same way with Justin Fields and Ohio State. Like, I'm always hesitant with all these quarterbacks that come out. Like, you know, yeah, Justin Fields was unbelievable at Ohio State. First off, no one gets near the guy. Okay, they have the best offensive line going. You know, they're calling plays. He's running plays every five seconds. No huddle in in the shotgun. Never under center at Ohio State. It's it's pitch and catch. It's street ball. It's it's the easiest. You know, it, it looks great when you're watching it. And at the end of the day, it's like, oh, Justin Fields threw for four sixty and seven touchdowns. Yeah, great. Now you put him in the NFL in an NFL offense under center with like, you know, in the huddle, calling play. It's it's night and day, and I don't understand why 
that, you know, people haven't picked up on this yet. Yeah, you're right, but, man. They, you should only be able to hire coaches who are assistants as head coaches in the NFL. Whatever. That's not my, that's not my point. <laughs> we got like 17 more topics in your rundown that we haven't even touched. Yeah, yet. well, I mean, you're... Because you want to rant about Morton, Ohio State. Morton Andy. No, you're, I mean, you want to talk about Morton Andy or whatever. Uh, it's so weird about. that you've never heard of Rick and Morty. Whoever they are. Maybe it's not. I, maybe it's not. I don't know, man. Like... When you walk into a Spencer Gifts, what's the first thing you think? What game? What That's game the first thing the, you think of. You must be so lost in that store. What game? I don't even know what the hell store Where are the lava lamps? <laughs> Where are the black light posters? What games are you looking forward to this Sunday? Where are these cartoons? <laughs> you, you get weirder every week. Because <laughs> I could just see you walking into a Spencer Gifts. And not knowing what any of the Rick and Morty stuff is. All right. Sorry, man. Go ahead. Oh, my God. The game I'm looking most forward to this week is actually probably Jets versus Broncos. I know we've talked a lot about them, but like, I oh think. Oh, my God. You know what? I haven't even seen the the uh, the Vegas total. I know I think Denver's a two-point favorite in that game, but I should have checked and seen uh, what the total is. I'd be shocked if that total was more than 37. I, I mean, the Jets have a good offense. Like, I mean, like. And I and I would and I will bet the under if it's anything under uh, more than thirty. Right, hold on, I'll find out. Hold on, I got this. the easiest way for it's me to find this is the score app. Uh, hold on, I know they got yeah, different they, odds. They're very Canadian. This play, this game is gonna put you to sleep. It's gonna be ugly. Jets, Jets are. It's a forty points over under. The Broncos are minus two. Forty, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I would I would bet the under on that one. Let me tell you what, man. Uh, it is forty is by far like forty four point five is the next closest that I see right now. Just scrolling yeah. very quickly. Oh, forty one point five yeah. Commanders Packers. Forty you know, uh, forty point five Panthers Bucks. Panthers, yeah, because the Panthers aren't going to score more than ten points in that game. Uh, if they're lucky, they would score ten points. When's Sam Darnold coming back? Next, we have a bye, and then he's all he's back next yeah. week. I can't wait till he's back and and he's ready to play. And 20 minutes every week is going to be dedicated to your love of Sam Darnold. It's going to be amazing. I'll tell you what, I'm the leading bidder on a Sam Darnold card right now. I'm very excited uh, about it. Anyway, this Jets-Broncos game. How weird last night with Melvin Gordon. Gets three carries, then gets banished. Uh, and it looks like they turned the backfield over to Latavius Murray, who they just signed last week, 32 years old. You don't – I like – I had some Melvin Gordon shares on teams, Nando, reluctantly, to be honest with you. Yep. But sometimes you just get into spots where you're like, all right, hey, let me just take a, a, this backup running back. Uh, and last week, it's what a difference a week makes. I'm thinking I have a lead back that's going to be good for 15, 20 fantasy points. And I don't even know this guy's unplayable going into the following week versus the Jets. You know, right. he might be right. just the backup now. So. Uh, that's a disaster, but this whole game is, is ugly. And you know what? Speaking of, uh, the jets, this jet defense is not as bad as people thought. And I, I, I think you'll see them being picked up as a streaming defense, especially versus this Broncos, uh, garbage offense this week. I think the jets defense will be the number one defense that, uh, people try and go in and pick up. I feel like that's going to be a trap and I don't like it, this happens. Mm-hmm. Was it last year? I think it was, this happens every year, basically. There's a game like this where everyone yeah, jumps on a mediocre defense. And not the Jets are mediocre, but maybe not like a top, top defense. But they think they're so smart because the matchup is horrible. 
And they forget, mm-hmm. like, this team still has Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. Latavius Murray is still doing some things. Nathaniel Hackett, for as much as you want to see him get fired, is actually a pretty good offensive mind. You know what I mean? Like, he's, I mean, he was hired for a reason. He has ideas. He was, a, he's a good offensive schemer. Like, he can be I good. Guess he's, I guess he's holding that uh, to himself. Well, look, you want sacks and you want interceptions. And I guess to a point, you don't want to, like, allow a lot of points. But, I mean, once you're over, what, 10 points, the, the fantasy DST scoring takes a nosedive for you. You know, that's a topic that we should get into maybe in the future weeks because I've been wanting to bring it up about how this year, there's no defenses that are really standing out. And it's just frustrating. And I'm trying to stream defenses and the defenses that I was high on coming into the season, like the Colts defense. They've been giving me nothing. I've been dropping them left and right through the weeks. I actually, last week, I don't know how they were available in two of my biggest leagues, the Dallas Cowboys defense. I don't know why they were available or what, why the owners dropped them, but they happened to be. And I put in big bids. Like, I put in, and this is a $1,000 budget. People might think I'm crazy, but I was like, all right, I want this because, you know, people underestimate kicking and defense in fantasy. You know, if you think about it, if you have a bad kicker, and he's not kicking field goals. And you look down every week, your kicker's given a three or a four. You're playing a team that's given a 14 or 15 out of that kicker, like a Justin Tucker or something. It's a huge swing at the end of the day. And especially in a year like this, when the scores are always so muddled and everything. And when you look across fantasy defenses as well this year, you're just seeing three, four, five. Yeah. But this Cowboy defense stands out to me like two weeks ago. Um, I know they didn't get it done this week versus Philly, but nobody was starting them in Philadelphia. That's a that's an avoid right there. They gave 21 fantasy points, um, and their schedule looks unbelievable going forward. So I went in and I bid like 125 bucks uh, on the defense, and I got outbid. I got outbid um, on two leagues for them. So people were thinking along with me. Uh, I thought if you could find a really good defense – off the waiver wire, you got to go with it because right now there aren't any men. The Bills defense is a solid unit, but that was the number one defense that was getting drafted. Um, and this Cowboy defense, I think, is a could be a game changer in fantasy uh, this year as well. Do you have any that you stand out to you? No, no, not really. It's just, it's just like a bunch of nothing every week out of the defenses. It's you know, and this Denver defense, I was very high on. That was my other defense along with the Colts. They were doing nothing early on, but now you can see that as a unit, they're going to be a top unit. And even last night, I, you know, they gave me six fantasy points. So, I don't know. That's just off topic. But uh, it's not, Really? That's off topic? Talking about DSTs? Yeah, and, and kickers, because it's been on my mind about how it's just it's frustrating. Kicker and def- defense is frustrating me. That, that's my point, pretty much, with that. So. Well, I mean, what do you – I mean, so – Dallas has a buy in week nine. Do you hold them? Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Yes, I do. A lot of people made that mistake with the Patriots, I want to say. Like and, I think, years ago. and I think, and I think that's another reason why I brought it up is Nando, because like the Buffalo defense, you know, I think Buffalo's defense, Dallas's defense, and maybe Tampa Bay's defense, they're the only defenses that when their bye weeks come up that I would hold, you know, unless I'm missing somebody, you know, right now, I, 
I, I know there's a, some talk this week of the Patriots' defense is looking good. The 49er defense was really solid early on, but they're just getting decimated with injuries. Yeah. I have no the Niners in a couple of spots. No, exactly. Their secondary is all banged up. You've seen them get exposed with Atlanta. Uh, we thought the Green Bay defense was going to be really good this year. They suck every week. The, the leagues that <laughs> dude, Green Bay. The, I don't know which team is more of a mess. Like you have to, I'd like to power rank the teams that are the more a mess, right? Uh, like is is Denver more of a mess than Green Bay right now? Like who? Like oh, that's a push. Yeah, that's what I'm that's saying. A, that's a real push. Indy, I guess, had a little. You know, they, they had a boost. But I mean, where, where do you put Chicago? Like you think they're a mess? I think they're okay. But I mean, like you know, this is this is a democracy. But they're a mess. I, I, I put Chicago is, below. I put Chicago below Denver and Green Bay, if you can believe that. Well, Arizona, like below, like less Arizona's, of a mess. Or more, more Arizona's mess like Arizona's trying to move in with uh, Denver and um, uh, what do you call it? Who's the other team you just mentioned? Hey, maybe this should be Green your top Bay. ten. Maybe this week and for your Green column, Bay. the top ten teams ranking top the top 10, 10 to messes avoid? ranking the top 10 I, messes in in fantasy this in, in the NFL this year actually i may need more than 10 because it's that ugly all right here are your top but it's true it's true now though like buffalo tampa and dallas if you have those three teams as a as your fantasy defense you're holding them through bye weeks and that's it but everything else is just you're playing matchups i see myself in most of my leagues just dropping a defense picking another one up trying to play a matchup against a bad team and then I get four points out of it and I dropped a team that gave six points and vice versa. But it's that's just another, you know, frustrating um aspect of fantasy this week. Let me give you the year. here here are your top defenses right now. Patriots are number one. Yeah. Uh, with ninety eight fantasy points. Yes. They are rostered in just sixty two percent of leagues for some reason. Uh yeah, they weren't a popular defense, but now people you're hearing because no one like, paid attention saying it. I think now it's people are starting to pick up on it because I, you know, that's the chatter now is this past couple of days is like, hey, this Patriot defense should be, you know, definitely owned and started going forward uh, with fantasy defenses. And yeah, they're a top five. Patriots are one of two teams that have scored double digit fantasy points every week. Do you know who the second one is? You've mentioned them already. Uh, after the Patriots defense, who's the top defense? So it's, it's Patriots, 49ers, Buccaneers, Eagles. The number five team. Eagles. That's, I'm sorry. You know what? Completely, but just because they're on a bye, that's my other defense that I love and you hold. Eagles have had Eagles. two bad weeks in a row. I understand, but that's a defense that you hold. All right. So the, the number five team in fantasy scoring, uh, according to CBSSports.com, um, the Seattle Seahawks have had double-digit scoring every week. 12, 12, that's 12, amazing. 13, 10, 25. That is simply They're rostered in 5% of CBS leagues. I would have never guessed that. Then the Bills, the Broncos, the Cowboys, the Jags, and who cares after that? It's just a mess. You mm-hmm. know, like it's And the very worst team, your Detroit Lions. Lions, Raiders, yeah. Bengals, Browns, Saints are your worst five. Yeah, I'm shocked that Seattle's on there because, you know, you're supposed to be at this point. We're picking on the Lions and the Seahawks defenses when, you know, every week for DFS purposes or, you know, even in our regular fantasy leagues. But... Seattle, they probably been getting a lot of turnovers. Maybe they have a couple defensive scores that have boosted that. Yeah, but they're, um, you know, either it's, way, they're, they're only have they only have fourteen sacks. They only have six. I mean, I guess six fumbles is tied for first. It looks like, uh, yeah, right. Uh, second, who looks like the Giants have more. Uh, four interceptions is nowhere near that. I mean, the Bills have ten. The Eagles have nine. 
It's I don't know, and they got two touchdowns, which a couple other teams have two or one. It's not like they've. I don't know how yeah, the Seahawks are going to get done, really. Yeah, it's just it, it's just ugly. And as I look at this Week Seven schedule coming up, Nando, I got to tell you, there's no more than three or four games that get me a little excited that I could see looking, you know, like big time fantasy games. I uh, I don't know what games stand out to you. The Chiefs and the Niners, people are going to focus in on. Just because, hey, it's the Chiefs and, and Mahomes is uh, one of the few quarterbacks. You know, we, we have Jalen Hurts and, um, and and Josh Allen out. That's two of the top four fantasy quarterbacks. Yeah. That leaves us with Mahomes and Lamar Jackson to carry, you know, the, the way for uh, fantasy quarterbacks this week. So, you know, it's, it's probably going to be another ugly week. You know, it's the way I see it. It's just when you it, think nothing... that, though, mm-hmm. everybody pops at the same time. You know who I would be trading for right now? This is going to sound crazy. I talked to a friend about this today. Ezekiel Elliott. That's fine. He had a big week, though. I mean, it might be too late. Uh, he didn't have a big week, Nando. He, he was he top 12 running touchdown. Back. Yeah, because he, he scored on a touchdown, a nice touchdown run that gave his points. But at the end of the day, he had... 14 or fan, 15 fantasy points, all based on that one run. So other than that, no, maybe at the end of the day, you look at the box score and it was a great game. But his schedule opens up now going forward. Like the next seven weeks, he plays like six really good games that you want. You know, you, you get Dak back. Gallup is back in this offense. You can see this offense starting to maybe take it to, an, you know, another level here. Um and and who knows? You know, everybody's desperate for running backs. People are down on Ezekiel Elliott. He's just one of those guys that you could probably get for cheap in your home leagues. Not cheap, but, you know, maybe the owner is just frustrated with Ezekiel Elliott. And I just think he has a better second half of the season. You know, a lot of those games, you know, he'll. I think he's going to have those games where he's running for 90 yards and a touchdown or two, catching three or four balls, and, and probably hits the map as, a, as an RB1 a lot of weeks. Um, so if you look at their schedule, he plays a lot of good games starting this week versus Detroit. This should be a fantasy friendly game for the Cowboys. That's why I'm sure Dak is looking to get back, uh, in the lineup this week after the loss in Philly. Hopefully that thumb is helpful, uh, is, is healthy enough. And, uh, you know, I could see this Dallas offense being a, you know, one that you rely on one of these top 10 fantasy offenses the rest of the season. I just think if you wanted Ezekiel Elliott last week was now after he scores a touchdown, probably yeah. Someone's gonna, no, I'm not gonna give you like you got to give me like fair value for Ezekiel Elliott, which might be like mm. Cam Akers and Michael Thomas. How do you like that? Cam Akers, who's gonna trade for Cam Akers right now? Anyone know. who thinks he's gonna get traded to Denver, I would assume. I mean, maybe let's forget about Cam Akers for a second there. Just right. if it's Michael Thomas for Ezekiel Elliott, just say. Okay. Maybe. No, I think you need to throw in. I don't think you can do it for just Michael Thomas because he's dude who missed all right. last season is now having injury issues again. You know what I mean? Like it's. Uh, I'm just I take names out of it. I don't. I know you love. To do one for Forty one minutes ago, you told me to put names in. No, I'm. I'm just saying though. I know you, but you never. It, you, the trades that you put together are never fair in anybody's mind. Which side would you want on that? But I'm just saying, I would want Ezekiel Elliott, but. My point is this: If you take a receiver for a running back, that's what I'm trying to get at with this trade offer. Is maybe there's a you know uh, 
a running back needy team trying to trade with a wide receiver needy team. So you take, you know, a flip like that, a wide receiver too, and you trade them for an Ezekiel Elliott. Maybe uh, the Ezekiel Elliott owner has two stud running backs ahead of Elliott, and now he's the Ramondre Stevenson owner, so he can afford to to deal an Ezekiel Elliott, something like that, you know? Um, and he's he's weak at receiver, so he needs a, a, a receiver. And that's how you work out a trade, a receiver for a running back. That's all I'm saying. I I would well. That's why I threw in Cam Akers, uh, who I thought was a an okay equalizer because there's a big question mark hovering above his head. I don't know who. I mean, I don't know who would be looking to acquire Cam Akers right now. Uh, I might not play. Maybe if you're three and three, two and four, and you're hurting at running back, say you've lost. uh, Say you didn't have Ken Walker. Say you lost. uh, Rashad Penny, say so you were kind of weak to begin with, uh, and and Cordell Patterson, Ken Walker, um, I was really impressed with. I, I love his prospect going forward. Uh, that was a you know a solid performance in his first game as the lead back. A ton of touches. Um, you know, just like I said last week with Brees Hall, I think both of these guys are are top twelve running backs the rest of the season, and those are two of the names that you want. In fantasy, going forward, if those two guys are on your fantasy roster, roster along with a Ramondre Stevenson, this is how you start moving up the standings. If you're a middle of the pack guy, you know the first couple of weeks were were awful. You didn't get anything out of these guys, but all of a sudden now you look and these teams that are probably in eighth and ninth in your league, you know they start creeping up week by week because these are the guys that start cashing in the Brees Hall team, the Ramondre, the Walker, stuff like that. So. Uh, this week in waiver wires, Nando, for everybody listening to the show that has waivers right, you know, uh, running tonight. I'm sure the uh, this will go out uh, on Wednesday morning. But there's some decent ads, Nando. I, I think this week upcoming will be one of the better ones of the past six weeks. It's been really dead in the high stakes market on the waiver wire. There was a couple pieces last week, but this week, you know, Tyquan Thornton, I think, will be a really uh, popular ad. At their wide receiver position, yeah, I think that'll be the most added wide receiver. I think it'll be um, a massive letdown though. Eventually, do you think so? Yeah, I mean, I well, I, I don't know, man. Like it's, I just don't like what the Patriots have. they got Devontae Parker. You know, they got Aguilar. yeah. They have listen. Every team has guys, but you know, are any of them so impressive that this kid Thornton? After what he showed last week in Cleveland, he gave 21 fantasy points. Uh, you know, they get, they're letting him run it as well. He's like a gadgety, or, you know, he could get it all. They'll put the ball in his hands. Probably sort of like another popular ad if he's available, Wandell Robinson. You know, like just, you know, chip in four or five catches a week, maybe three or four end of rounds, stuff like that. Just, you know, you want to get guys that the ball's going to be in their hands. And I don't see why it, this kid Thornton won't touch the ball eight to ten times a, a week. Maybe you're right. I mean, Parker, it's, it's Jacoby Myers, Parker's weird. Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne. No, is still Jacoby there. Myers. Well, listen, Jacoby Myers, that's the top guy. I don't think he's going anywhere. But after that, um, you know, Aguilar didn't even play. Oh, he's, yeah, he's hurt. He, you know, Bourne played, what, six snaps. He's banged he's up. Hurt. Yeah. Uh, Parker, 
is you know one week he's zero for zero on on one target and the next week he's a superstar the next week he's right back to being unheard of maybe ever again so this kid Thornton I think could find himself on the field a lot and you know I hate to be repetitive but that's what we're looking for right now in going into week seven on the wire uh, is there gonna be guys that are gonna be playing 70 percent snaps and, and and higher touching the ball eight to ten times if so, then then sign me up. Give me that off the wire. So I think he'll be really popular. And and here we go again down the Paris Campbell uh, road of darkness. Uh, I think he played a hundred percent of the snaps, and and uh, he put up uh, some nice numbers. So I know Alec Pierce is my guy, and he's coming on, and he's playing well, and he's. But this this offense. I'm sure it'll change once Jonathan Taylor is back healthy again. But, you know, Matt Ryan could support uh, three, um, you know, uh, receivers here with Campbell and Pierce and Pittman. So uh, he'll be popular. And now that Robbie Anderson's gone and, and got traded out to Arizona, that opens up some targets for Terrace Marshall. So everybody was high on him coming out of LSU. Did nothing in his rookie year, but maybe they've cleared some space for him. If anybody can get him the ball, like your boy uh, Darnold. People loved so those him. Those are just some receivers I'm looking at. People loved him uh, a year and a yeah, few months a ago. Like Terrace Marshall yeah. was a hot, hot August yeah. guy. Big time. Yeah, he was going. He was going. Uh, I don't even want to tell you where he was going in the high stakes market last year as a rookie. Uh, he was one of those mid-round picks that people wanted to get their hands on and he delivered nothing rookie season and again here struggling in his second season but um he got a couple targets this past week and now like i said with robbie anderson gone there's the way for him to be the number two and uh you could do worse on the waiver wire so at receiver those three guys uh will be popular ads i, I think uh add in um you know, Kate Otten, if you didn't get him last week, now that Cameron Bray got hurt again, I don't think we see Cameron Bray for a while. And this kid, Kate Otten, is just going to play 90% of the snaps and more. And it looks like Tampa Bay's offense could use a, you know, could use him uh, to help out. So he'll be a nice piece. I don't think he's available, but Robert Tanyan, after the week that he just had, and with Randall Cobb being gone now, and Christian Watson already gone, there's just targets to be had here in this garbage Green Bay offense. But Tanya put up monster numbers, 10 catches, 90 yards. Rodgers trust him. If he is somehow available, and he is available somehow in a couple of my leagues. but um, So I'm sure home leagues, he's, he's available in, in a lot of them. He would definitely be a big ad this week. I think he could be uh, a top 10 tight end uh, maybe going forward here. So him and, and the kid, Dol Greg Dolchitz, that we talked about, we mentioned him on the show last yeah. week. Uh, he came in, he pretty much assumed the, the number one tight end position uh, role in Denver, and he scored right off the bat. So some nice pieces, nice pieces. And I'm sure you – why didn't you bring up Bellinger from uh, from the Giants, your New York Giants? You don't like him? It was very hard Bellinger? to say anything while you were on your roll there. Sorry, it's I wanted a typical to get all these names out. I know yeah. where – no, I, I know that we're coming to the end of the uh, the show, and I uh, just wanted to – there's some nice pieces. That's all I'm saying. you got a column on the wire. You could just write about it. Uh, my column comes out usually uh, Thursday or Friday after waivers are done. So, no, I, I don't usually write too much about waivers in my article, Nando. 
as my editor, you should know. That's that. a, you don't have to say like I've. You could say I picked this guy up on waivers, and if he's still out there, if he didn't get picked up for yours, you know, maybe you should consider him. Or hey, you know, mm. uh, yeah, I think that actually would, that would work. Okay. Top ten guys yeah. uh, who may have been missed on your waiver wire. Huh? Okay. Missed or uh. missed or dropped. Huh? Anyway, uh. I can hear doors opening and closing in your background, so maybe it's time to go. Okay. Something's going on. Yeah, I don't know what you're doing. Are you looking for a goldfish? Yeah. That's what I figured. All right. Mm-hmm. Cool. I think we got this. It's laundry time. Let me just write tight end. Yeah, I got to put it in the dryer. Actually, no, I I actually put it in the dryer and ran it uh, while you were talking oh, about Oh, now you got to run it again? Well, you were and talking you about tight ends. Because it's sad. <laughs> And now you have to run it again, the dryer. I, I actually uh, put it in the dryer, ran it, folded everything, rewashed everything, uh, redried everything, and then folded it again while you were talking about tight ends. Nice. Yeah. Uh, hope, you, hope your clothes don't smell like Nilda. Uh, why would they? Let's take it. Uh, let's take it home. You're tired. You're drinking cold espresso. Day. Yeah, you know it's been a long day for all of us. I don't complain about it. I come out. I have a drink day. of whiskey that my it's friend. Been a got long in. week. It's been a long week six uh, of pain, and it's uh, been a long day of waivers and uh, and life. And uh, yeah, I'm ready for bed. Let's do it. I'll see you later. Let's do it. Hey everyone. Thanks for joining us. I hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you go on uh, the iTunes page. Give us a one-star review, please. We're trying to get us down to 3.9. I think it's fun. Tell them to say uh, Christopher Carroll sent you. You got anything to say? So I, was le- I was letting you go. No, right. that's it. Let's hope that week seven is uh, treats us better than week six did. And hopefully you have as much energy as Chris does uh, as you set your waiver wire claims and uh, carry on to line up lock. We'll see you later. We hope you enjoyed this. We hope this is helpful. I think this is helpful. And I really think this Justin Fields is going to come back to, to haunt you. Yeah, yeah. You know, your Justin Fields segment was definitely helpful to absolutely nobody. You know what? You and, and uh, your high stakes guys can mock and me. Your 13, wait, and, your, and your trade of uh, do I trade a 13% wide receiver for a 50% running back or vice versa, whatever the hell you said. As well as your Morton, Andy, uh, whatever the hell it is, uh, segment. I think we should title this one, Chris Doesn't oh, Know Who Rick and, Rick and Morty Are, which I think we might. Mm. It was originally Chris Vaccaro's No Good, Very Bad Fantasy Season so far. <laughs> Thanks. I think we uh, maybe, we'll, maybe we actually keep that. Really not. It's not as bad as, it is, as you're making it out. I know, but it's a funny title. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll see what put happens. That, put that put that all over social media. I appreciate well, it. Well, you know, Thanks. we complain that we don't tweet it enough, so maybe we'll see what we can do. Yeah, you don't. Slack. I'm not the one who runs Twitter. All right. Anyway, we gotta go. Thank you all for listening. We hope this is helpful. We love you all very much, um, except for that one guy. I will right, we'll talk to you later. Bye.